Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, April 6, 2023. Holy Thursday in the Christian world. The first full day of Passover for our Jewish brethren. Matt Van Dyke uh, joins us uh, from Kiev, where I guess it's about six in the evening. It's noon here on the East Coast of the United States. Matt, always a pleasure. We know what you go through in order to be with us. Uh, thank you very much. Just to remind you, Matt is the founder and the head of Sons of Liberty International, a group mainly of American military uh, veterans who uh, devote their time uh, to assist in the training of troops in uh, in Ukraine. So Matt, since last uh, we were uh, together, you yourself were involved in military activity. What can you tell us about it? I did a contract with the Ukrainian Armed Forces. It was a special one-mission contract to go on a special forces mission. Uh, I can't talk about the details of the mission. Um, it was obviously in eastern Ukraine at the front. Uh, I participated in combat. Uh, I was almost killed as well, machine gun fire and sniper fire. Um, the Russians had us outgunned. There's Russian helicopter, Russian tank, um, lots of artillery. The war is how it's been depicted, uh, in a trench. Uh, but I made it back. Were you firing at Russian soldiers? I did fire rockets at Russians, yes. Okay. Uh, Gary, can you put up some of the stills that uh, Matt sent? Now, that's you, is it not? Yes. And what is that? I assume that's your gloved hand. What are you holding there? Uh, That's a Polish-made gun called a Grot. Uh, It's the weapon I was issued for the mission. And, And what is it? What does it fire? It's a, it's an automatic weapon of some sort, or a semi-automatic weapon. Is it, is it like a, a, a an AR-15 or an AK-47? It's similar to an AR. It's a NATO standard 5.56 round. Um, it's uh, compatible with with the other weapons in the NATO arsenal. It's an okay now, weapon. When you were there, it, it appears over your right shoulder that we're looking into a trench. Is that what we're seeing? Yes, this was taken inside a trench. And, and that trench appears to be what? Uh, deeper than you are tall. So was it what, about eight feet deep? No, I was sitting when I took that picture. It wasn't. Okay, it wasn't. so is this trench warfare? Is this almost like World War I, where each side builds trenches and tries to put push the other side to the rear of its trench area? You absolutely need trenches in this war. It's an artillery-heavy war. Um, you know, artillery flies overhead from, from our side and their side constantly. So if you don't how do they a, dig, how do they dig those trenches by hand or with, um, uh, construction equipment? Shovels. Uh, well, if there's trenches that are farther back off the line that are made for defensive positions, uh, those are dug by heavy equipment sometimes. Um, but trenches like this that are right up near the front, those are hand dug with shovels. 
Okay, Gary, can you put that picture up again? When when you were there, Matt, uh, were you wearing, I can't see what you have on. It looks like some sort of a protective gear, but is that a military uniform or a military a headgear that you're wearing? Yeah, that's my helmet, uh, body armor. And, and by what military authority, if any, is that issued? Or did you pick that up in a military surplus store in Manhattan and bring it over with you? <laughs> That's my own equipment that I use for solely missions. Um, the, I mean, it's it was all authorized by the Ukrainian government. It was a legitimate military contract. It just happened to be for a particular special mission for a special purpose. And um, how many how many Americans, if any, were with you on that mission? I can't talk about that. Okay, but there were other Americans with you. I can't talk about that. Okay. Uh, Gary, let's look at the uh, video. You sent this this uh, video. I can't talk over it, so when I stop talking, Gary will run it. This is, appears to be, and you can describe it, of a Ukrainian military official thanking you and others and writing your name and others on a missile destined for Russia. Watch this. Hello, everyone. On behalf from my friends, Matthew from U.S., Jose from Israel, Gia from Mexico, Brendan from Canada, Neil from U.S., who held this SO, me and my brothers from the Legion uh, will give Russian pigs uh, such a gift. So the Matthew from the U.S. with your name spelled phonetically, that's you, is it not? Yeah, that was Alex. Uh, he's a Georgian who's from the country of Georgia, who's been fighting against Russia for much of his life. He worked for me as a solely trainer in the fall and, and uh, winter. And now he's in the Georgian Legion, which is one of the units here in Ukraine. So he, he did that for us and then he fired it. I also have the video of him firing it, but he said, don't show that one. Um, so yeah, sent, sent, sent right. Uh, he, he referred to the Russian forces as Russian pigs. Is that standard uh, terminology amongst those fighting uh, for the Ukrainian side? Probably more popular is orcs. Um, like well, what uh, is orcs? That's not an like, English word, is it? It's like a Lord of the Rings reference. They've been calling Russians orcs since the beginning uh, of the war. Got it. But generally, they, they're just called Russians. Okay, Gary, I think we have a few more uh, still uh, photos from Matt. What, what is that, Matthew, from U.S.? What are we looking at there? That's a rocket that landed in someone's yard um, in a village. Uh, a a Russian rocket? Yeah, an explosive rocket. Um, that one, I believe, still has some, some explosive in it, so we have to excavate it. Uh, there were about 23, I think, in the village. Last time we checked, we cataloged all of them, marked the locations, and have to go back to the, do the excavation. I see a dog in the background. I think when you and I have chatted off screen, I've told you how much of a dog lover I am. Are there a lot of stray dogs because of all the owners of the dogs that have been killed? There, there are a lot of stray dogs, but Ukraine is, is unique among countries I've been in with this. They actually take the dogs, give them free health care, put a little tag in their ear 
and the dogs are allowed to free roam. So a stray dog here uh, is very well behaved, uh, has no medical issues. It's, it's really odd. I mean, it's a great thing, but uh, they're stray dogs, except it's different than stray dogs anywhere else. Got it. Gary, do we have another still or is that it? Here we go. What, what are we looking at there? Are those your fingers? No, that's one of my EOD guys. Uh, that's a grenade that we found near the minefield. Um, that wire on it is a trip wire. It was a, a trap, a booby-trapped grenade that the Russians had set. Is that live in your colleagues' hands? Yes. But and then we, what, what, we, what do you do with it, or what did he do with it after this picture was taken? Well, we're the ones who put the zip ties on it to secure it. Um, and then it's put in a pit and disposed of with the landmines. Got it. Through Got it. Gary, any others there? We go. Now, now is that a, a, a cemetery? I see the crucifix there, a pretty graphic crucifix by American standards. Yeah, it's a monument to a church that the Soviets destroyed in Ukraine. And the local village people wanted to be able to go to the monument. So they asked if we could clear the area around the monument and check it for mines. So or you did. said Soviets. Did you misspeak or do you mean Soviets as, as in 30 years ago? Soviet as in 30 years ago, yes. Okay, so that's a monument. The church attached to the monument or on whose grounds the monument was was destroyed, but the monument is still there. And is that somebody looking for landmines, Gary, if you can put it up again? Yes, that's one of my team looking for mines there. Why would they mine an area in front of a crucifix unless they wanted to blow people up when they genuflected and prayed in front of the crucifix? Yeah, Russians mine civilian areas all the time. They drop mines that are specifically intended for civilians. They've put mines in fields to kill farmers. Um, that's just what they do. They want to make the cost of the war high on the Ukrainian people in addition to Ukrainian soldiers. Is the cost on the war high, and how is the war uh, going? In the U.S., everybody believes that Bakhmut has fallen. Uh, we were told by our military um, people that uh, the Russians took their time capturing Bakhmut because they wanted to draw in and kill as many Ukrainian soldiers as they did, and they ended up killing more soldiers than President Zelensky should have used to defend the uh, city, which he lost. you accept all that? Uh, that's partially accurate assessment. Um, was Whether Bakhmut was worth it is something that historians will debate. We're not going to know that until we see the outcome of the rest of the war. Uh, it certainly has been high in casualties. It was given attention instead of a Ukrainian counteroffensive in the winter. But I think that Russia isn't pushing an offensive because Putin's game is to wait it out. Uh, similar to how Assad in Syria just waited until the world lost interest. I think that's Putin's, Putin's playbook for this. Does he still have massive numbers of troops ready to enter Ukraine and is holding them back? A good number of the troops are already there, um, but I think that a lot of them are going to be used for defense against the Ukrainian counteroffensive than used in a Russian offensive. What's your uh, observations in general, big picture, Matt, as to how the war is going at this point? I think it's going to be a slow grinding war, a lot of attrition warfare. Um, maybe the Ukrainians can punch through on the counteroffensive. Uh, I'm looking to join another unit, so I'll probably be part of that counteroffensive. Uh, so uh, hopefully it goes well, but we are, I think everybody's prepared for this to be a long, a long war. Why are you joining another unit? Why are you risking your life? You were almost killed once in Libya, more than once. You were almost killed 
in whatever you just did that we all respect you can't tell us in detail in eastern Ukraine, why would you, a young kid from the U.S., do this? I fight for causes I believe in, and I believe in this cause. Uh, this is about the freedom of a democratic country that was invaded by a tyrant and by Russia. Um, to me, it's a pretty black and white situation. So it's something I believe in, something I'm going to do. I'm not just training people to go fight if I'm not willing to go do it myself. Tell us about uh, the Americans who are there uh, boasting falsely uh, about their military exploits and this stolen valor problem, which is a big deal back here when we read about it. Right. This is a problem that the New York Times recently exposed here. It's a problem that, that a lot of us have been aware of for a long time. Uh, there were some volunteers, one in particular, who lied about his military record in America to impress people here and then hung around with units and lied about what he was doing here. Um, and an organization used him for fundraising. So, no, it's a problem. Um, a lot of people are afraid to call these people out because of the backlash, because these people build up large followings on Twitter and elsewhere. And even when you some people would tell journalists that this guy wasn't legit and the journalists would just ignore it because they like the story. So. Uh, it's a problem. It's a problem that's being sorted out, though. And, uh, you know, the more of these these characters that get exposed, the better. How it's dangerous is it? How, how dangerous is it in Kiev or how much normalcy is there in Kiev? Kiev is quite normal these days. Um, I think we had one power outage the entire month. Uh, life's mostly back to normal. Kiev isn't... We haven't been in Kyiv that much recently. We've been out east. Um, our demining work is out in the east. But, um, you know, even there, it's it's a little more missile strikes and so on, but it's not too dangerous. Life is returning to normal in a lot of Ukrainian cities that are off the front line. How many Americans do you see, either stolen valor Americans or legitimately self-sacrificing Americans like you? Can you give us a handle? We're talking about five, ten, fifty, five hundred, five thousand. Um, I'd say I've met about a dozen total. I don't hang out in those circles as much. Uh, there's definitely more than a dozen. Uh, if I had to put a guess on it, I'd say maybe fifty, a hundred here still. Um, but you know, most of them are well intentioned. Uh, the experience level that they have when they come here varies greatly. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, their heart's in the right place and they're fighting for a cause they believe in as well. How many of them are these fraudsters that are either fraudulently raising money or fraudulently boasting uh, about uh, dangerous military activity, which they claim to have engaged in but did not? Do I have that right? Right. Only a couple. Only a couple. And one right, of them are- must get It must get under the skin of the rest of you. Oh, certainly. Um, the one that was exposed by the New York Times had garnered a large following. It had been a, a lot of attention from media. Meanwhile, you know, there's guys who are risking their lives every day, getting repeatedly wounded. Uh, some have given their lives who are actually out there fighting while this character was being a Twitter warrior. How is he still there? No, we don't, we don't know exactly where he is. We think he's in Poland with a girlfriend hiding out. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do the next six months look like for you? 
our EOD team is doing really well. Uh, we've been asked to go and do more work. So we're right, that's, out. that's the team that discovers unexploded devices and neutralizes them. Right. Clearing minefields and, and unexploded ordnance. Uh, we also, we did a military training this week, so we're still training Ukrainian forces. Uh, I'm searching for a unit to join. I have some options, a unit that will allow me flexibility to still run the organization um, and get a lot of things done. Yesterday, the uh, Pentagon uh, announced, and it wasn't with much fanfare. You really only saw it not in the mainstream uh, media, uh, that it was releasing another $2.8 billion with a B uh, in military equipment, mainly HIMARS, uh, to uh, Ukraine. Uh, do you ever see, come across, touch, or operate uh, equipment that originated in the U.S.? I rode an MRAP that came from the U.S. once uh, when we were out training forces and our vehicles couldn't get through the mud. Um, so, I mean, that, yes. Other than that, I mean, you see equipment some, but mostly what you see is the Russian equipment that Ukraine had or Ukraine captured uh, so far. I think a lot of the American equipment is is being rolled up in preparation for counteroffensive, but we haven't encountered too much of it yet. Okay. Uh, will you be back with us in, in another week or so, or are you going to do something clandestine that we aren't supposed to know about? No, uh, this, this next week is pretty normal for me. Okay. Well, a happy and blessed Easter to you and your friends. Thank you very much for joining us, Matt. Stay well. Thank you. You too. <sighs> More as we get it. Scott Ritter, 1 o'clock uh, Eastern uh, today. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.